Welcome back to another episode of After the Year. Um, I'm your host, Big Baby. To my right, well, you guys can't see us. <laughs> it's audio. <laughs> I have the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. <laughs> um, this is Pete's first After the Year, I believe. Actual After the Year. Very true. Um, so, you know, we don't do After the Year very often, or if we do, it's, you know, probably clipped from a thousand hour episode, <laughs> but this is, uh, we, we want to talk about something. We tried to get it on the show, but you know, it was Tay's birthday. We wanted to give Tay all the love that, that she deserved. So again, this is a special edition of hashtag after the year. Actually, this is episode 10 of after the year. And it's funny because we just celebrated 50 episodes of the year sports show. And now we're on episode 10 of after the year. Slowly transitioning on bringing this this show back. Maybe it'd be a once a month um, show. We'll see. We'll see. But um, Pete, how are you doing today? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. A little, little aggravated about this topic that we're gonna talk about. A little <laughs> aggravated, but uh, you know, otherwise, all right. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Doing pretty well this week. Pretty well this week. Um, Shout outs to, of course, um, your sports show. Of course, Queen Tay BK Matt, us two. Uh, shout out to Jabba Tay's Network, um, Jabba Tay's Podcast, Two and a Half Bros. It's his own talk, talk of champions. Game Night with Mike and Nelly. Uh, the Big Four just dropped. We, we, we got so much stuff. We still got more to come. So stay tuned. Coming for that. soon, Jabba Tay's house, where all of us live in one house and we film a reality show. Jesus Christ. Christ, that would be insane. But we would get viewers. That would be crazy. We, we, we would get a lot of viewers, and we can monetize on YouTube now. That'd <laughs> we, be great. We would have to. We, yeah, see, we can mon- see. We can't monetize on YouTube now because I use <laughs> so many, so many other people's music. The way YouTube is like, come on, bro. <laughs> so, but um, let me get into our topic. This is uh, this is something interesting that I I knew about in 2013 but i really didn't like understand i was like whatever but it, it's come back up again in in 2021 pete please let the people know what is going on that's absolutely hilarious that is, that's is actually not going on <laughs> so this year the hall of fame every year the baseball hall of fame gets together and they they, they vote on Who's going to enter the Hall of Fame? And this year for 2021, they decided, the Baseball Writers of America decided that they were voting in no one. Now, this isn't the first time Mm -hmm. that the Baseball Writers of America haven't voted in someone or anyone to the Hall of Fame. Um, But it's it's an anomaly that that happened. Um, And so this is the first time since 2013. 2013, uh, nobody got voted in. Um, 96 um 71 and then there were a couple of years uh back in the 60s where no one got voted in and i think the one thing that i can say you know now this doesn't count the veterans committee and stuff like that we're talking about the baseball writers and their ballot um now for those of you who don't know how the baseball hall of fame works uh there's the baseball writers of america they get the uh the ballots i believe they're up to able to vote for up to 10 players per ballot Mm-hmm. You are not mandated to vote. So there are there are writers who could send in a completely blank ballot. That's tough. <laughs> um, you know, so 
you get 10 votes. There's always more than 10 players on the ballot, you know. Um, and so this year, no one got in. The highest, uh, the highest this year was Kurt Schilling, uh, who's on his – this is his second to last year on the ballot. Next year would be his last year on the ballot. You get 10 years, I believe, on the ballot. Yeah. Um, and he got 71.1%. Now, to get into the Hall of Fame, this is actually a quote that was attributed to a former uh, – to a baseball writer. He says, mm-hmm. 50% can get you into the White House, but it can't get you into the Hall of Fame. You need 75% of the vote in order to enter the Baseball Hall of Fame, which we can argue is a little much. That is a lot. Um, and, and so, you know, Schilling, obviously this year, when you look at the 2021, um, you know, when you look at who was on the ballot, you know, you got Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, um, all in their second to last year on the ballot. Schilling got 71.1%. Barry Bonds got 61.8%. Clemens got 61.6%. And then you have guys like Scott Rowland, who got a little over uh, close to 53%. Uh, Gary Sheffield's on the ballot. Andrew Jones, Omar Vizquel, Mm -hmm. Todd Helton, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, um, to name a few. There were 25 players on this year's ballot. Uh, eight of them are dropped off the ballot because they received less than, I believe, 3% of the votes. I believe if you receive less than 3%, you get removed from the ballot forever. And that means they were selected um, to the, like for future Hall of Fame elections. So they'll, they'll be eligible to go back on the um, list because this is their first time. I, um, only Tim Hudson, because it went up to 17. It was... Um, yeah, so the other eight yeah. players are no I, longer allowed on the ballot because they received less than 3%. So if you receive yeah. less than 3% at any time, your name is removed from the ballot no matter how many years you've been on. Right, so Amaris um, Ramirez, Latroy Hawkins, Barry Zito, A.J. Burnett, Shane yep. Victorino, Dan Heron, uh Michael Kadire. Kadire and Nick Swisher. These are all first first time they're on the ballot, so I believe they are safe. No, so, they're gone. They received less than 3%, so they are automatically removed from any future ballots. Wow. Yeah, if you receive less than 3% of the vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame, you're done. That's tough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yo, wait a minute. Less than 3%, and this is your first time on it, so there's no way they can put you back on at any point in time. Right, you're done. If at any point in your 10 years on the ballot, you receive less than 3%, you're automatically taken off the ballot. Wow, even if it's your first time? Yeah. That's that's sick. That that is sick. That makes me want to really look into the NBA Hall of Fame uh, kind of you know like what they have to do because well, see, Dre, here's my question. All right. Here's my question to you that I want to ask you about Hall of Fame voting. Okay. So let me start with this. Do you believe that a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer? Right? Mean, At the end of the day, a mm-hmm. Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer, regardless of if it's this year or, the, or next year or the year after. Absolutely. Okay. Do you agree that after you've retired, there's nothing you can do to change your Hall of Fame resume? Absolutely. You cannot. You've already played. 
Right. So here's my biggest issue with the Baseball Hall of Fame. And let me, I want to know what you think about it. Okay. My issue with the Baseball Hall of Fame is I believe, I believe in the idea if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. It, I, I hate this balance system where there are a lot of guys who will get into the Hall of Fame, but they got to wait. Two ballots, three ballots, four ballots. You get guys, oh, he's a fifth ballot Hall of Famer. He's a second ballot Hall of Famer because they don't get in on their first year. To me, it makes no sense how, if you're not a Hall of Famer the first year you get on the ballot, how are you a Hall of Famer the seventh year you're on the ballot when in those seven years you've done nothing, including the five years you have to be retired before you can get on the ballot. Mm -hmm. So now it's been 12 years since you retired. Five years after you retired, I don't think you're good enough to be a Hall of Famer. Seven years later, you're suddenly good enough to be a Hall of Famer. I believe that people, if you're a Hall of Famer, you should just get voted in. Yeah. Um, I understand that there are limits. I believe that they can only vote in a certain amount of people per year. Mm -hmm. I get that part. So to me, what I think should happen is if you vote in more people than that, their induction should get pushed back. But they've already been voted in, right? Um, so for me, it's like, for example, Craig Biggio. Mm-hmm. 2013 was the last time the Baseball Writers of America did not vote anybody in. That year was Craig Biggio's first year on the ballot. He only right. got 68.2% of the vote, and this was in 2013. Mm-hmm. But then he gets elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2015 with 82.7% of the vote. Explain to me how he's able to get 14.5% more votes in two years when he's done nothing in those two years to change the resume that was in front of you two years ago. Right. That doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why the Baseball Hall of Fame is like that. I'm still stuck on the fact that if somebody gets put on the ballot and they get less than 3% of the vote, even if they're first time, because it's hard. Like, if you if we go back to the list, right, really go back and look at the list. Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, right? Then Gary Sheffield, Andrew right. Jones, Jeff Kent, Mar- Manny Ramirez, Sammy Sosa, Andy Pettit. Right. If we just going off those names alone and we go down, maybe and maybe AJ Burnett and Nick Switcher probably have a chance to get into, right? Eh. Eh, right. Maybe I would yeah. say on this list, Kurt Schilling's a Hall of Famer. He, mm-hmm. you know, he likely uh people have said that he likely will get enough votes in his final year on the ballot. He was so close um that he'll eventually get in. Uh, Barry and Roger, I don't think they're going to get in, but they're they're not getting in because of the PEDs. I, I don't agree with that, right? Here's my thing. Uh-huh. The Baseball Hall of Fame is a museum. Just tell the story. Okay, Barry Bonds is, whether or not you want to admit it, he has hit the most home runs in Major League Baseball history. Right. Right. His career, and many people have said this, his career before he was suspected of taking PEDs is likely good enough to get him into the Hall of Fame on his own, you know, beyond all of that. So to me, Barry Bonds belongs in. Roger Clemens belongs in. Put an asterisk. Say, hey, these guys were suspected of using performance-enhancing drugs. Kurt Schilling, it's a character thing. They don't like the way that he tweets things that he says. I get it. He's it's not like a thing. It's like a T.O. thing for, for Kurt Schilling. I get it. Right. You know, but Yogi Berra didn't get in in 1971. In 1971, no one got elected to the ballot. Yogi Berra only got 67.2% of the vote. 
so what, what we're basically saying is that there has to be a different way of getting people into the Hall, hall of Fame. Now, I do agree with you with uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clements having an asterisk. Even if they get in next year, or for whatever reason they do get in, they should not have a ceremony. They shouldn't be celebrated right there like how everybody else was. I do believe they belong in, but I don't think they should get a ceremony with everybody else. Because if I think Andrew Jones there, belongs in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the best defensive center fielder for almost 10 years in the, in, 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 in the major leagues. Um, you know, when we talked about the Atlanta Braves in the, yeah. in the 90s, we talked about Chipper and Andrew as yeah. well as talking about Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox. Mm-hmm. Right? That's who you spoke about mm-hmm. uh, on that team. If you hit a ball to center field, you better hope it went out. Because right, because it's going to be caught. Right, if it was in any place to be caught, Andrew Jones is catching that damn ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Pettit, I think, is right on the cusp. He, he's, on, think, he's on the line. Yeah, he had a great enough resume, but I don't know if he has any stats that are eye-popping. Jeff Kent, to me, was one of the best second basemen in baseball for a long time. Gary yeah. Sheffield, Gary Sheffield, I think, should get in. Um, and if I'm looking at this here, where Gary Sheffield has over 500 home runs, which is usually a lock to get in to the Hall of Fame. He has close to uh, – he's he was only about 311 hits away from 3,000, you know, but he was a, a home run guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gary should get in. But, you know, this idea of the – Manny Ramirez have 555. Yeah, but with Manny, there was the, uh, the bigger question where he got popped – he got popped multiple times for PEDs, and it was proven. So that one I could understand. Barry Bonds has never been proven to have taken PEDs. Roger Clemens, yeah, you got the Mitchell report, but you also got to remember, baseball was not testing for steroids in the 90s. It wasn't, and it's proof of it. Proof of it, and if people don't want to read it, if you watch the thirty for thirty, the some um, the one with Sammy Sosa and and um, and Mark Walker, it, it they tell you basically, yeah, I was taking whatever this is. I didn't, I didn't know it was this, but they weren't testing anybody for it. So right. now you know, the summer where both men are hitting damn near seventy home runs, and and people are like, oh, what's going on? And you talk about character issues. They don't want to let Kurt Schilling in because of character issues. They don't want to let certain people in because of character issues. We could go back in the history of the Hall of Fame, and you could take out a lot of these guys who came up in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s because they did cocaine. They were wife beaters. They were rapists. They were this. They were that. There are people who have very unsavory off-the-field issues that are in the Hall of Fame that are legendary players. Joe DiMaggio was a well-known womanizer. Mm-hmm. But Joe DiMaggio is heralded. And listen, I'm a Yankee fan. I love Joe DiMaggio. I respect that man as a player. Do I necessarily think he was a great person? No. Absolutely but not. this is about your achievements on the baseball field. Mm-hmm. This is also why I believe that someone like Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. He should Absolutely. be heralded for his base. Ball achievement. I don't care what he did as a manager. I don't care what he did as a private citizen. As a player, he was the greatest, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he should be in, and you should put that note on his plaque. You know, Pete Rose was suspended from baseball indefinitely because of 
boom, 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 boom. Put the asterisk. Like we're gonna like like this and that's the thing. They want to put asterisks on championships, on playoff runs, on everything else. The Hall of Fame is important if you want to put an asterisk on anything. You want people to be in, you want people to count it, you still put an asterisk next to it because there are reasons why someone like uh like you said, Barry Bonds ha- had Hall of Fame numbers before the PED use. Mm-hmm. So did Roger Clemens. But they're now on their almost tenth time ne- next year. Next year will be the last year on the ne- ballot. Last year on the ballot. And it is not fair to them as players now I'm not saying oh it's okay to cheat but what I am what I am saying is that it's not fair to them one that they only they, they get a certain amount of chances to be on the ballot I think as a player like I said earlier what's your career what you do in your career should span a lifetime now it shouldn't be like all right well it is 2015. You'll be eligible in 2020, but we won't put you into 2030. Right, because you gotta, you gotta wait, or we feel like you gotta. Like this is, and, and this is another issue. Like the baseball writers are flexing this power. Right, like the baseball writers are like, oh, we get to be the judge and jury. Right, it's not ex players. That's the veterans committee. So mm-hmm. if you told me that, ex, but again, it's it's that resume, and to me, it's like you either are a hall of famer or you're not. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's very simple. There's no, oh, he's a better Hall of Famer than him. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, here's what's interesting. In 2013, I told you Biggio was on the ballot for the first time. Mm-hmm. Didn't get in. Right. He didn't get in in 2014. But you know who did get in in 2014? Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, Frank Thomas. Their first year on the ballots. First year on the ballot, 2014, they get in. Do I believe they deserve to get in? Yes, they are Hall of Fame players. Absolutely. But now Biggio's got to wait another year because you don't want to vote. You didn't get enough votes for Biggio. So now he's a Hall of Famer in 2015. No, he should have been a Hall of Famer the minute he got on the ballot. That's interesting. and I think uh, at another time, we should definitely compare the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB Hall of Fames because there are different – Selections. I know most of them have the same um, grace period in terms of um, going being eligible, and I, I honestly think that's due to players thinking that they would like to come back. But it's also it's Jason also Witten. yeah, Jason Witten. It's also an age thing too, though. If you like, if let's be totally honest, if you're an NBA team, you're not letting a 54 year old Michael Jordan play on your team. So, well, I mean, you, if you're the Washington Wizards, I mean, if you, yeah, or if you're the Charlotte Bobcats, maybe. But I'm the only one surprised he never actually played for them because I felt like he was going to at some point. I'm not, su- I'm not surprised because if he was going to play for, if Jordan was going to play for the Bobcats, he would have <laughs> played when they had Stephen Jackson, Raymond Felton, um, Gerald Wallace, Tyson Chandler, um, Boris Diaw, like when they had a squad that got them to the playoffs. He would have played on that team. That's what I would have thought, but he didn't because Michael Jordan is still one of the worst owners in sports. Not going to say sports history, but he's one of the he, – he, he, he was approaching that, that, that level, but, but I, I digress on that. Um, but I think – definitely think that MLB is pretty harsh on how they decide – Who's gonna be in and who's gonna be out the Hall of Fame? That's that's the one thing that um, 
that's the one thing that um I don't I don't get. Yeah, and I don't like it with the NFL Hall of Fame. They do it very similar where it's like they won't put people in this year, but they'll put you in next year. Like your resume doesn't change. It doesn't change. Like you're either a Hall of Famer when you retire or you're not a Hall of Famer and that's it. Right. I don't know how you could say someone's a Hall of Famer, you know, 10 years later. It makes no sense to me. And it's it's ridiculous. But 2021, now there will be a ceremony in mm-hmm. Cooperstown this year because they will be uh, they will have a ceremony for last year's Hall of Famer, Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, uh, Ted Simmons, and Marvin Miller. So mm-hmm. there will be a ceremony in Cooperstown this year to make up for last year's ceremony. Right. But there will not be any modern inductees into the 2021 Baseball Hall of Fame. Again, the first time since 2013 that this has happened. So it's been eight years since the last time this happened. Yeah. And I don't I don't see it ha- no, I'm lying. I see it happening again, not a lot of you. Uh but for Kurt Schilling, right? That that kind of sucks. You're at you're pretty much at the tip of the iceberg to get in at 71%, and for it to just be like, no, maybe next year. And then who's to say who they put on the ballot next year that that they might be like, all right, well, he's going to get in. Over yeah, so, so you need to get 319 mm-hmm. uh, votes to get in. Right. You have to get 319 votes. Um, and so that's kind of how it works there. Two eighty. Um, he had 285. Barry Bonds had 248. Ryder Clemens had 247. So right. – and and then you know, like we said, some of the people at the bottom got got zero. Uh, someone got four, <laughs> two and one. So it it has to be. If they're gonna do it like this, it has to be an elimination process, right? We have to start. If you're gonna start with twenty five, all right. Eight of these people have less than three percent. You cut them out. All right. Then you go up. Most of these people have less than thir- less than forty percent. And then you go from there. If you're gonna if you're gonna vote like that, I would do that because they're making it. It's like a boys' club to get inside. A it really is. You look at this. Like Andrew Jones, his second year on the ballot, which was back in 2019, uh-huh. he only got seven and a half percent of the vote. Now he's up to like close to fifty percent of the vote. How do you go up forty something percent when you haven't played? Right. What did he do? Did he go on the field and and, and run a base real quick? That's what I don't understand. You know, and, that, and that's it. Scott Rowland was at 17.2% well, his second year on the ballot. And now he's up near uh, 60-something percent. You know, Schilling, Schilling was at 60.9% in 2019. He jumped up 10%, 11%. Right. <laughs> but Schilling hasn't thrown a pitch, hasn't done anything. You know, things In like that. Over 15 years, right? Right. And then you, you got to think about it, too. Imagine the years where somebody is up there and close to it, and then you have a year where they drop percentage. You could be like Kurt Schilling and be up in the 70 percentile, and if whatever reason, you drop to like 50%. Yeah, and, they, and they've said that what, what, usually, what usually ends up happening is you see – 
as players kind of go, go, go more years on the ballot, they get more votes. But to me, that just doesn't make sense. Doesn't. Right? You should have this fresh crop of new players every year. I would understand if you didn't vote anybody in in a certain year because there was no one that met the criteria right. for the Hall of Famer. But you had leftovers. So if you had like, oh, back in 2012, we voted on nine players. We're only putting in four players a year. So we got, you know, four this year, four next year, one that year. So you're able to move guys back, back, and back. Your Hall of Fame induction won't happen for a couple of years, but you've been voted in when you got on the ballot. And then if you add new players on, you get new players on. I could understand no votes in a certain year because no one met the criteria. But to me, like to me, there's no reason why a lot of these players should still be on the ballot. None at all. But that's why we do this. But with that said, Dre, I mean, like, listen, it, it's a travesty. And I think we do have to, you know, I think we should do it after the year one day where we we look into the three different Hall of Fames and, and, and how that works. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I definitely agree. So, um, but this has been episode 10 of After the Year. Um, thank you for listening. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, follow us on Instagram at Your Sports Show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Your Sports Show. Look for us on Facebook, um, Your Sports Show, or the Your Sports Show group page. Um, you'll find all our information there. Go to YourSportsShow.com. All, all of our links will, will be there, even our merch, which, you know, we got some things coming up that I'm trying to retool, but yeah, most definitely. So, um, for on behalf of the Job Tales Network and the rest of the year sports show, that is the voice of generation, Pete Rosado. It is me, your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace.